It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the podcast free and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays right here, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And if you would like to submit a question for this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers, you can either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. Now, the Carolina Panthers desperately Desperately, desperately, desperately need to identify a franchise quarterback this offseason. Last week at the Combine, when speaking to the media, general manager Scott Fitter said, no more patches. No more Teddy Bridgewaters, no more Sam Darnolds, no more Baker Mayfields, and no more panic trade-ups in the draft for guys like Matt Corral. No more of that. Now is the time of Frank Reich and one of the best coaching staff in the NFL to finally break the cycle of bad quarterback play and identify the franchise quarterback for the next 10, 15 years here in Carolina. Now, they started to do that last week by doing their due diligence in speaking with Derek Carr, the former Las Vegas Raiders quarterback who played his first nine years in Oakland and Las Vegas with the Raiders, a former top 10 pick out of Fresno State. Now, I do think Derek Carr is a good player. I have said that now several times on the podcast. I think he's a good player. I just don't think he's the right guy for Carolina. But that did not disturb me at all when the Carolina Panthers went out there and spoke to them because that's what they should do. That's what smart teams do. And Frank Reich even said that it would be the wrong thing for them to not even look at that option in Derek Carr. Now, I do believe it's probably the wrong option for the Carolina Panthers. I don't think that Derek Carr is going to be here for 10, 15 years, and he probably maybe has four or five good years left. And is he actually someone capable of winning a Lombardi Trophy here in Carolina? Couldn't do it with Oakland, couldn't do it with Las Vegas. Also played on some pretty bad football teams, so not totally on him. I'm just wondering at this stage in his career, is Derek Carr ever going to be that guy? I would say no. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I just don't think that's going to happen here in Carolina. All that being said, the right thing to do was to talk to Derek Carr. Now, the also smart thing to do is to talk to the top quarterbacks in the 2023 draft class, which they did last week. Speaking to Will Levis out of Kentucky, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, Alabama's Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson, who apparently stole the show at the Combine from the University of Florida. Those four guys, they look like the most likely option for the Carolina Panthers here in the top 10 of the 2023 NFL Draft. It's either them or Derek Carr. But could there be another option? And I was asked about this 
on Friday, and I didn't really think too much of it. I've been asked about it again, obviously, early on, too, about you know Lamar Jackson, his potential prospects of being available via trade. Now, looking at ESPN.com on Sunday, Jeremy Fowler, one of their NFL insiders, wrote this saying that several people around the league believe the Baltimore Ravens have strongly considered using the non-exclusive franchise tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson, which would deepen the intrigue on his future in a major way. While the Ravens haven't officially made a decision leading up to the deadline, which is Tuesday, 4 p.m. tomorrow, by the way, folks. Several league executives now believe the non-exclusive tag, which allows teams to offer Jackson a contract that Baltimore can either match or decline in exchange for two first-round picks, makes the most sense for Baltimore. Baltimore has had a challenging time negotiating with Jackson, so this allows him to shop his own services and bring on an offer to the Ravens, taking out the guesswork and haggling over guaranteed money. This tag should also fall somewhere around $32 million. It's actually $32.416 million to be exact, Far less than the rejected $45 million for the exclusive franchise tag and transferring the work to Jackson and other teams to help Baltimore maintain neutrality in any potential breakup. So the Baltimore Ravens have yet to do anything as of this recording short of 6.30 p.m. on Sunday evening on March 5th. Nothing's happened. Tomorrow, 4 p.m., that is the deadline for the franchise tag. Either $45 million fully guaranteed exclusive franchise tag, or 32 fully guaranteed non-exclusive, which would allow the Panthers, the Falcons, and any other team in the league to talk to Lamar about a contract. Now, here's the thing with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is an excellent football player. Have people already forgotten that he's won an MVP? While we sit here and we talk about how great guys like Josh Allen are, Josh Allen has not been the MVP of this league. He's still tremendous, doesn't really matter, All I'm saying is Lamar's won an MVP. Now, there's also the people who say, well, Lamar, how good of a passer is he? He hasn't won that many games in the playoffs. How much success has Josh Allen had in the playoffs too, folks? But just putting it out there, it's hard. He's in the AFC. Mahomes is in the AFC. Burrow's in the AFC. It's not just that simple. In the last two seasons, Lamar has dealt with injury issues, which is why I think he's even in this position right now with Baltimore. Obviously, he helps them win football games. But for whatever reason... Right now, the Baltimore Ravens do not want to give Lamar Jackson what he is asking for. So if that's the case, for a team that has been the number one seed in the AFC and has been basically revived once Lamar took over, if they don't want to sign him to what Lamar wants, why should the Carolina Panthers do that? And why should the Carolina Panthers also give up two first-round picks in the process? That is a question that I'm asking myself and I'm asking you as well. If the Ravens who know everything about Lamar, his medicals, the kind of guy he is in the locker room, and how special a player he is on the field, and know how important he is their franchise, if they have yet to come to determination on whether they want to franchise tag him or give him a long-term deal, why should the Panthers be quick to leap to give up two first-round picks and then blow up their cap situation for this quarterback? It's not very simple as, okay, you trade for Lamar, and then, okay, you, get, you bring him into the cap. Like You have other guys like a Brian Burns who you want to extend. You have Bradley Bozeman who you're going to want to bring back. Maybe Deontay Foreman. How do they fit into this if the Panthers trade for Lamar and then give him the guaranteed money he wants and then have to be saddled with a large cap hit with the quarterback? Now, Scott Federer always talks about he has a plan. I have a hard time understanding how you can have a plan with the contracts on this roster when you don't even have the quarterback identified. 
a rookie quarterback gives you so much flexibility opposed to a proven commodity who, again, I think is an excellent player and I would love for him to be in Carolina and Lamar Jackson, but someone whose cap number is going to make it far more difficult for you to build a winning team around him and get you to where you want to go, which is to the Super Bowl. And quite honestly, it feels like the question here is not more so why would the Panthers give up a first-round pick and then a bunch of money when Baltimore's not willing to do that right now with Lamar. But would they rather trade two first-round picks for Lamar, a proven commodity, and a former MVP? Or would they rather give up two first-round picks to move up in the draft to make sure that they get Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young? The answer, I don't think, is that simple because we already know who Lamar is. We've seen what he's done in the league, while the other four... Crapshoot could be great, could be okay, could be a total bust. But Lamar, you know what you're going to get out of him. You do question whether you're going to get 17 games out of him, which Baltimore has not the last two seasons, and that torpedoed their season and their chances of competing for a Super Bowl in 2021 and 2022. Might the Panthers be in the exact same situation upcoming? Does Lamar even fit what Frank Reich wants to do on offense? Those are questions that are out there to be asked. But for me personally, yeah, the Carolina Panthers should wait to see what happens with Lamar. And it should be in on that deal. But is that a deal I think the Panthers should make? Right now, I'd say no. Go get your rookie, have your cap flexibility, coach the guy up, and maybe he can be just as good as Lamar. Will he be an MVP? I don't know. But I think the best path forward for the Carolina Panthers is, yeah, to wait and see what happens with Lamar in Baltimore, have those conversations, see if that money makes sense. We're not that far off from a year ago when David Tepper when it came down to guarantee money with Deshaun Watson, wasn't willing to go down that road, might he probably feel the same way about Lamar. Now, no legal issues, but health, certainly a concern, and the money, also going to be a concern when there's so many other guys on this roster you want to be able to extend and keep around for the long term, and how is that impacted if you go in and bring a guy like Lamar Jackson and give up two first-round picks in the process? We'll see. The Combine is over in Indianapolis, and there was one player who really was turning heads and one player that maybe, maybe, just maybe, I might be more comfortable with here in Carolina. I'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, let me tell you guys about our friends over at Built. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bars so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate on every single bar. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, which you can still do, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club and, of course, a member, run in and grab a 13-bar box of their hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You look, man, going back to the whole Lamar conversation to wrap that up for a second. I've always been players over picks I don't get all that concerned about oh hey what could this first round pick potentially be in 2024 or what could this fourth round pick in 2025 end up being I don't really get too caught up on that I really want to get guys who are proven commodities and Lamar Jackson absolutely is a proven commodity here in the NFL and I think he would help the Carolina Panthers get closer to their goals but could they still do that by just getting a quarterback at nine or moving up to five and getting a good deal with Seattle, couldn't they still achieve all that they want with one of the four quarterbacks in this draft class? It's more of a question than it would be with Lamar, where it's not necessarily a guarantee, but it feels far more likely by trading those two first-round picks and giving Lamar whatever he wants that they would have success and be a playoff team with him than they would be potentially C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, who we don't know how they're going to adapt to the NFL and if they truly can be starting quarterbacks at this level. So typically for me, I am proving commodities over picks. But right now, I'm just looking at it. You can just swap the nine with five and then give up the first in 2024. That's two first-round picks. And that's what you're going to be doing this year anyways, right? You're going to be giving up nine, giving that to Baltimore, where they could go and get their quarterback in the first place. So here's the thing, too. So the Panthers could basically just get their own guy and have to give up the first-round pick this year, whether you're swapping and then give up next year's first-round pick, likely, Baltimore would do the same thing. They would get the Panthers' first-round pick this year, be up there at nine, and they already have their own first-round pick where they can move up to the top five or wherever and get Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. The Ravens can go out there and get their own rookie. If the Ravens potentially are willing to part ways Lamar Jackson with a non-exclusive franchise tag and then go out and do exactly what Carolina's already in position to do right now, why would the Panthers make that decision to go out there and get Lamar? That's just one of the things. Like, I think he's a great player, but what it takes to get him is my concern. Two first-rounders, and you're giving up a ton of money when you're already over the cap currently. I don't see how it fits for Carolina more than trading up to get a rookie quarterback does or even staying at nine and potentially getting one of these top four guys. So we'll see how it, how it pans out. But right now for me, I'm just... Yes, wait and see how the market materializes with Lamar Jackson and if Baltimore can come to some sort of agreement with him or if they decide to go non-exclusive franchise tag and allow their teams to talk to Lamar. In Atlanta, the Falcons are apparently a team that are very interested in Lamar Jackson. Do you want the Falcons to get Lamar? Because when you look at it right now, I don't know where Tampa is going other than to the bottom of the NFC South. New Orleans, they're kind of at a crossroads where they need to find a quarterback. And Derek Carr, if they get him for the next couple seasons, they should be fine. But that's still an, a roster that's a, kind of a little bit on the aging side. And no more Sean Payton. Is Dennis Allen really that strong of a head coach? It's the Panthers and Falcons who Atlanta has a ton of cap space. I don't know about Arthur Smith and whether he really is a great leading man there in Atlanta. But they have an opportunity if they get a quarterback to position themselves top of the NFC South which is the same position the Panthers are in right now with a little bit less cap space. Now, would you rather have Lamar here or in Atlanta? I'm sure you would rather have him here. 
Look at the Carolina Panthers still be in a position to take over the NFC South by just getting one of the top quarterbacks in this class and not giving up all that cap space and putting themselves in a precarious position like the Bucks and Saints have done annually the last couple of years and to being able to have the room and flexibility with their rookie quarterback. So we'll see how it works out. My hope is Lamar just stays in Baltimore because I like him being in Baltimore. I think the Ravens are fun with Lamar Jackson. And just looking at the AFC with the young quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, that's, that's cool. I, that's fun. I like all of that. And maybe we can throw in Deshaun Watson if he figures it out. So all those guys in the AFC, I'm totally fine with that. I don't really love when guys got to like leave, especially when they like do such great things in towns like Baltimore. If he wants to come to Carolina and the Carolina Panthers can make it work, sure, that's great. I just wonder who's going to be a casualty for Lamar Jackson potentially being a Carolina Panther. Now, there are other options. Again, last week they spoke to Derek Carr. They're going to talk to him again, I believe, uh, today on Monday. Uh, later on, we'll find out uh, what's going to go on there. There's an update from Dan Graziano from ESPN.com on Sunday about Derek Carr that we're going to get to here in a few moments as well. So they did that. They spoke to a lot of these rookie quarterbacks and potential prospects. And there was one guy who really just took over the combine last week, and that was Anthony Richardson. And if you watch the man play and you see the kind of athlete he is, you're really not all that surprised. My first understanding of just how ridiculous Richardson was was back in the 2021 season, the opening game of the season for Florida, where he had a run where he just rolled out to the to the right side, hurdled a guy, and ran like 80 yards for a touchdown. It was sick. And I was wondering to myself, why is Dan Mullen not starting this guy? And then when I watched him play Georgia later that season, his first career start, I understood why Dan Mullen was not playing Anthony Richardson. And when you watched him play this past season, still looked awesome and wasn't all that great, but also an explosive player. And you have to wonder, could he be one of the best quarterbacks in the league if he gets the right coaching and gets the right opportunity and enough time to learn and grow and develop? Well, he he nailed the combine this past weekend, which isn't surprising really to anybody just because he's a ridiculous athlete. He had a 40.5 inch vertical. He ran a 4.4340. He's 6'4, 244 as far as um, his height and, and weight, which he's an athletic freak. And he compared himself to Cam uh, Newton. He said he started calling himself Cam Jackson back in high school, where he was comparing his game to Cam Newton, of course, the former Carolina Panthers quarterback, and then Lamar Jackson, who we were just having a conversation about. Yeah, I would totally take a combination of Lamar and Cam Newton, and there's even been some camp comparisons there with Josh Allen, particularly when you look at his college stats not necessarily being all that accurate, at least how his, his completion percentage looks like on paper. I didn't watch every throw that Anthony Richardson made. I didn't watch every game that he played at Florida, so I can't sit here and say that I know in-depthly whether he's truly an accurate quarterback or if it was wide receivers or some other factors that led to a low completion percentage, but we have not seen very many examples in the modern game of a guy having a low completion percentage in college, then coming to the NFL, and then all of a sudden turning that into one of the higher completion percentages in the league. The only guy that's really done that is Josh Allen, who there were some serious questions about him his first couple of years. But what Josh Allen had around him was really talented players and a good coaching staff, but he also had the physical talents and traits that allowed him to raise his floor early on as a quarterback in the league. And Anthony Richardson certainly has that in spades and probably way much more of it when you watch this man, how physically imposing he can be on the football field. And wouldn't it be great to have another one of those guys at quarterback? I think some of you are saying yes, and some of you are also probably saying no and concerned that while we loved Cam, don't we want someone who might be a little bit different than Cam? Because things did not work out at least in the long term with Cam Newton 
bring the Lombardi Trophy here in Carolina. Now you also look at the coaching staff maybe and maybe their shortcomings. Mike Shula as the OC. You can also look at the shortcomings of what was around Cam and all of that conversation that we've had a nauseam here in Carolina. But when I look at Anthony Richardson this past weekend, it's really hard not to want this guy on your football team. And I go back to my conversation with Mike Cave, the Charlotte Observer, where he does not think that Anthony Richardson is going to, you know, be there at nine. He thinks he's going to be up there in the top five. And after this week in Indianapolis, that really feels like the case. And I've been looking at a lot of reports, Ian Rapport from the NFL Network, Fowler, Graziano, plenty of people out there talking about how Anthony Richardson was the talk of the combine, not just his physical traits, but also the conversations and meetings that he had with teams, how impressive he was there. And we can't get too caught up in the, in the 40 times and all that other kind of stuff, the three cone drills and all that nonsense they do at the combine. You got to look at the tape. And the tape certainly tells a different story about Anthony Richardson. But you have to wonder, is his best football ahead of him? How much better is Bryce Young going to get? How much better is C.J. Stroud going to get? How much better is Will Levis going to get? You have to ask all these questions and then wonder how much better could Anthony Anthony Richardson get? Because as I've said throughout this process so far, I feel like if this guy is able to put it together, he could rule the world because he is already a sick athlete, just like Cam. When Cam, he was already a great athlete, he came out firing. We already know what he did in his first couple games here in Carolina, what he did his career here in Carolina in that MVP season 2015. Like Anthony Richardson, when he can put everything together, could we get a same kind of player like Cam Newton, but maybe even better down the road with better coaching and better athletes and player makers around him? Potentially. I just know for me right now at this point in time, I'm totally fine taking any of these top four quarterbacks. I'm talking about Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. I'm totally fine taking any of them. Now, my preference would be Bryce Young first and foremost. I know he is 5'10", 204. That's important, but I watched the tape, man, and the dude's sick. So I'm not really all that concerned about Bryce Young. CJ Stroud, I've been convinced ever since that Georgia game in the playoff. Anthony Richardson, it might take some time. He said he doesn't know, he doesn't know the idea of being a project, has no idea what that means. But I think that with the coaching staff that they have here in Carolina, they can certainly work with him. Frank Reich, Jim Caldwell, Parks Frazier, um, Josh McCown, whoever the veteran quarterback they bring in here. Anthony Richardson is going to have a good, solid foundation around him here in Carolina. And then Will Levis, that's the guy I would take fourth out of those top four. At this point in time, I'm kind of cool with any of them because it's a crapshoot. I have no idea. Based off what I saw in college, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, those are the top two guys. Love is probably is better than Anthony Richardson, but just looking at the athleticism and potential to be even better, I would go with him over Levis. I don't know how it works out. But right now for me, with the staff in place, the way the Panthers have gone about things so far, I think I'm totally fine taking any of those four. But the one that really intrigues me after this weekend is Anthony Richardson because that dude is a freak, and you just got to wonder, with the right coaching, the right talent around him, how good could he be at the NFL level? Maybe we'll find out here in Carolina. Maybe we won't. But I'm totally fine if we do to get the opportunity to do that. And I'm totally fine with any of the other three guys out there also after the NFL Combine this past week in Indianapolis. Now, the first conversation they had this past week in Indy was with Derek Carr. And the Carolina Panthers are going to have another conversation today on Monday with Derek Carr. And we'll see how that goes. I have another update on Derek Carr and also... When the Panthers should make a move up in the draft to potentially get a quarterback and decide that Lamar or Derek Carr are not the answer here in Carolina. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime 
has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Scott Fitterer said last week, no more patches, no more Sam Darnolds, no more Baker Mayfields. It is time to get it right at quarterback. And might Derek Carr not represent a patch? I certainly think that he would be more of a patch than a long-term answer, considering that he's 32 years old, probably has four or five good seasons left. I don't see him as a guy who's going to be playing until he's 40 years old. And I don't even know how much better Derek Carr is going to be in the remaining four or five years of his career as a starting quarterback in the NFL, if it even has four or five years as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's got at least two or three just based off of whatever deal he's going to sign potentially here in Carolina or New Orleans or with the Jets. Not quite sure, but he would not be my top option this offseason, but he is an option, and then the smart thing for the Carolina Panthers to do is to weigh that option and to see whether he's the right one here in Carolina. Now, Jeremy Fowler actually has an update on Derek Carr, which actually came out right as this recording saying the Panthers and Saints remain in the conversation for Derek Carr. The former Pro Bowl quarterback has a slight lean toward the New York Jets as his next home. As of now, per a source, nothing is final, but Jets who are linked to Aaron Rodgers have made an impression. Now, Aaron Rodgers, who finally got out of his uh, darkness uh, retreat or whatever the hell he was doing when he was like in a small box somewhere. I don't know where he was, but Aaron Rodgers, he's now back emerged in society and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do and that he was going to come to a decision very soon. And I would think this week would be the time to come to a decision, my guy, because a uh, guy like Derek Carr also wants to come to a decision now instead of waiting until next Monday when the legal negotiating period begins in the NFL leading up to the new league year starting at 4 p.m. on Wednesday, March 15th. You got to tell a team this week what you're going to do. Are you going to play football? Are you going to stay in Green Bay? Are they going to move on to Jordan Love and trade you to New York or wherever? What are you going to do, Aaron Rodgers? We're all sitting here kind of in a holding pattern wondering what's going to happen with Rodgers, Jackson, and Carr. Now, one of those is not like the other two. That being Derek Carr, who I still think is a good football player, and if he comes to Carolina and help the Panthers win games, I just don't think he can get the Carolina Panthers to the game that they want to win, and then, of course, when in it, win it. But he's a fine option for the Carolina Panthers, potentially even if they want to go out there and still draft a quarterback, which Scott Fitter did say last week, it'd be tough to get a veteran like a Carr and then still get one of these top guys, because I think if they want to get one of these top guys, they're going to have to move up. And I read a report also from Graziano and Fowler on um, Sunday afternoon where it looks like the Raiders are going to bring back Jared Stidham, and they could also be in the market for getting one of these rookie quarterbacks. So you got to look at it. 
Indianapolis wants one. They're already ahead of the Carolina Panthers. The Raiders want one. They're already ahead of the Carolina Panthers. Um, the Colts, they want one. So you got Houston, Las Vegas, potentially. Um, the Colts, it's, it might not be there for the Carolina Panthers to get the guy that they want. And I know I'm forgetting another team as well. I can't think about it right now off the top of my head with the draft order. But the Panthers got to make a move. And if they're going to make a move, they need to do it this week. And we really need Aaron Rodgers to come up with a decision so that Derek Carr can be the next domino to fall. And then the Ravens really have until 4 p.m. tomorrow to come up with whatever their decision is going to be, whether they're going to have a long-term deal worked out with Lamar or they're going to buy more time with the exclusive franchise tag or go the non-exclusive route, which would allow Carolina and Atlanta and the other teams in the NFL looking for a quarterback this offseason. They then have a conversation with Jackson. We need these dominoes to fall so the Carolina Panthers can make a decision prior to free agency starting next week. And for me, ideally, ideally by the end of the week, the Carolina Panthers will have already traded up into the top five of the draft. I don't want to wait until draft night. I want to get this deal done now. I want to go into Monday when they can start talking to players and start coming to new deals of players like Bradley Bozeman and potentially other free agents out there. I want them to already have a plan in place at quarterback. Whether that's Derek Carr, whether that's Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson, I want all that figured out before Monday. If it's a rookie, then I want that figured out by trading up to number five at the very least of Seattle, where Scott Fitter, as we know, already has the ties, having spent 20 years with the Seattle Seahawks and probably can get a pretty good deal where it could be the first round pick this year, as in they swap, and then maybe you only give up a couple second round picks. Maybe that John Snyder does them a deal knowing that they made out like bandits last year with the trade to Russell Wilson to to Denver and that they don't necessarily need to gouge Carolina for picks. They're good. And who knows how the Broncos are going to be moving forward. But Seattle has their quarterback in Geno Smith. They're going to build their roster by still being in the top 10 in the draft, whether they stay at five or they go to nine with Carolina. At the very least, I need the Panthers who have traded up to five to where – if you get to draft night and you feel like you got to get up to three with Arizona to then get your quarterback, that maybe you're not giving up too much either there because they're not going back too far or at least to get it to number one. But at the very least, I want the Carolina Panthers to have moved up to five by the end of this week if they have not already decided that they want to bring in Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson or Derek Carr, which I don't really think Aaron Rodgers is an option. It's kind of the same thing, like you got to give up a lot and he's going to cost a lot and how does that work with bringing back Bozeman and then Burns and the whole cap situation here in Carolina. Same case, kind of Lamar Jackson, even though there's a little more longevity there potentially with Lamar. Have no idea. He's a younger player. He's been injured the last couple of seasons, so not quite sure how his body's going to hold up and how long he actually will be playing football, but still a good player. And then Derek Carr, don't have to worry about draft picks, but again, still got to worry about the cap situation. Does it make more sense for the Carolina Panthers to just give up picks and have cap Comp, um, you know, flexibility by getting one of those rookie quarterbacks in the draft, which for me, I feel like that is the right decision for the Carolina Panthers to make. But we'll see what Scott Fitter does. And Fitter, we have to trust at this point in time. So for me, though, I'm looking at it. Panthers make a deal. Make a deal by the end of the week, whether it's for a veteran quarterback or if it is trading up in the draft. I want that figured out this week so the Carolina Panthers then can focus in on building the rest of the roster through free agency, they're in focusing on the draft and knowing that one of the top four quarterbacks will be on this roster, whether it's at five, three, or one. I'm hoping a Carolina Panthers can make a deal 
this week with either a veteran or know where they're going to be in draft there in the top 10 or five rather once we roll around into draft coverage later on next month. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel, and be sure to check out the podcast wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts, free and available everywhere. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. We're on Friday. I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.